Today on Voices of Seed Kukwan, Nathan Lopez talks about his love of herring eggs and how they're so much more than food. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome to another episode of Voices of Seed Kukwan. I'm Hannah Floor and I am here in Studio 2 at KFSK with Avery Herman Sakamoto. Hi Hannah. Hi Avery. And um Avery and I have been talking about how excited we are for spring. And uh, apparently, springtime to Avery means one thing. Herring eggs. Yeah. Why, why is that? So herring eggs are delicious. And um, there's a lot there that has to do with like the Shingit culture. I, think they're, I, f- I feel like they're really special to our people. Just people get really excited when they show up in the springtime. Yeah. Um, and you know... We recently heard this story about Nathan Lopez um, sometimes delivering herring eggs to elders around town. And we wanted to know more about that, um, why he does it, and what it is about herring eggs that inspires such enthusiasm. So we have Nathan Lopez coming into the studio now. And um, Hannah, I feel like if I participate in this conversation, it'll just kind of devolve into a love fest about herring eggs. So um, I'm going to sit in, but I think you should do the talking. All right. I'll I'll ask all the questions and you can just bask in the glow of your love for herring eggs. Wonderful. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Nathan Lopez and was a born and raised here. And um, the reason we asked you to come in today to talk about herring eggs is because we heard that uh, you had been instrumental in delivering herring eggs around Petersburg uh, in recent years. Yeah, um, it's it's something that you know, from a youngster I grew up with. So um, when I had, you know, some family members, you know, contact me, say, hey, Nathan, I got a bunch of herring eggs. You want them? Like, yeah, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> and so, you know, they send, you know, three 50-pound boxes of herring eggs. And three 50-pound box of herring eggs is a lot of herring eggs. <laughs> right. And so I got that. Then later on, I got a couple more boxes. And so in that, the first thing that I, I did with that is the way that I was raised. Um, I went and found um, elders and our family members, and that's that's what I did. I found all of our uh, elders in town and elder family members, and went and brought them herring eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, then I um, made it known on Facebook. And mm-hmm. There was a line outside my house that was really long, <laughs> full of people, and I mean, it turned into about two and a half hours straight of just herring eggs, herring eggs, herring eggs. Yeah. But what was so neat was, <laughs> it all it's 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 funny because it almost makes me cry because as I'm handing hair and eggs to these people and these families, they're so overjoyed. Some of them are almost crying and just saying, Nathan, thank you for this. I haven't had hair and eggs in a long time. Mm. I remember how I grew up eating hair and eggs and how much it meant to me. And, And to me, it just like made me I want to go get a fishing boat and get tons of hair and yeah. eggs and just give them to everybody, you know. Because yeah. I even had people in town that were not native contacting me and saying, hey, 
could, could I get some hair and eggs from you? And I was like, if we have any left after, you know, mm-hmm. uh, giving them to our native people, yes, that I totally will do that. Yeah. You know, and they were all totally understanding. Um, but that that's kind of a start of how that happened. Yeah. I, I got that phone call from a family member. And then I also got some from Clinton Haida because I serve as a delegate. And so they sent uh, me and Marianne Rainey two mm-hmm. boxes. And so we actually ended up, we kept a couple and then we gave the rest of it away. Yeah. Yeah. So, And you talk about um, people having herring eggs when they were, when they're young. Is yeah. that something that you grew up with in yeah. your home? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember a time not hmm. having them. Um, and so as a little kid, it, my dad, you know, he'd be like, Okay, let's get the popcorn. And I knew what he meant. <laughs> he wasn't talking regular popcorn. He was talking herring eggs. Yeah. And so we would sit down, watch a movie, and have a little bit of soy sauce, and if we had silk grease, and then you'd sit there and you'd eat your herring eggs. So herring eggs were eaten as popcorn while watching a movie. Yeah, that was that was kind of one of our substitutes, or even kind of a funny joke. You know, as, <laughs> as natives, we love joking around. You yeah. Know? And so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we like popcorn too, but this was the real popcorn. That was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, was that something you had all year long, or was it, it during a, just during the herring season? It, typically, just during the herring season. I, I mean, you would have them at other times. Mm-hmm. You would they'd kinda, be preserved. Yeah, and... we would freeze them, you know, real airtight, and mm-hmm. wrap them up, you know, make sure they're good. And so you'd save them for different times. Like mm-hmm. I have some right now in the freezer. Yeah, um, but. It's during that kind of end of March, you know, yeah. into April, and sometimes it goes quite a ways further. That yeah. that's when you're getting them fresh, mm. and that's when you know you hear you're hearing about them all over, and people are grabbing them and they're gathering them and they're dispersing them. Yeah. And so yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty exciting time. I have noticed that people get really, really excited about it. You know, it's it's something that for so many of us growing up with it. It, there's so many other memories that are attached to it. It's not just that you're getting herring eggs. It's these herring eggs were at the family dinners that you're at. These herring eggs were at the family gatherings that you had. They're at the community native gatherings that we had. And, you know, you're watching, you know, the the old er- elders and Mary James as she... She's getting excited. My my <laughs> Mama Sean, Grandma Doris, and watching her get excited. So there's all these other memories and feelings that are attached to these herring eggs. And so it's it's yes, herring eggs are something that you that I grew up on, grew up on, and many others have. Um, but there's so many other feelings and emotions that are attached to it mm-hmm. that it's it's um, it goes deeper than a food, right. It's part of your soul. Hmm. Is that more true with herring eggs than with other native foods? I don't. I don't know if I'd say more, but it's unique. Mm-hmm. There, there are unique things to that. There are other foods that are seasonal that have other feelings that go along with that as well. Mm. If it's with seal meat and seal oil. Um. If I have a funny story where we had, um, I told my my grandma, my mama Sean, as a young kid, I was like, oh, I don't like seal oil. And she was laughing. And, and she goes, you eat it every day. You're with me. And I'm like, no, I don't. She's like, yeah, you do. And I'm like, no, I don't. And she's <laughs> like, I put it in your berries. <laughs> I was like, 
you put seal oil in the berries. I didn't know that as a little kid. So we, as na- natives in all the gatherings, we always have mixed berries. And so, and she would dump all the seal oil in there. You know, as a kid, I didn't realize that. You know, as I got older, I acquired more of a taste for it and liked mm-hmm. it. But, yeah. So, yeah, different foods, I think, have different emotions and mm-hmm. feelings. But there is something really special about herring eggs because it's in the spring. Mm. So, I mean, the same, same way that when people are like, oh, it's feeling like spring, you know, as a clinket, as a native, it's like, there's herring eggs, it's spring. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's these connotations of feelings that go along with it. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty neat. That's very special. Mm-hmm. Um, all those other foods have very special memories as well, but I think it's just unique to the time and to the season. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you were talking about having to acquire a taste for seal oil. Did you have to acquire a taste for, for herring eggs, or was that something you always loved? No, because it's something that I had more often than seal oil as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, seal oil was something that we had, but it was kind of came out more special. Mm-hmm. And so there, was, there were certain foods that I, I never really uh, tried a lot as a kid. And when I'd try them occasionally, I didn't really like them a lot. You know, later on in life, I acquired more of a taste for them. Um, but uh, herring eggs is one of those that, you know, I just, I don't remember a time we didn't have them. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, you know, people ask how they taste. I'm like, like herring eggs? <laughs> I don't know how to explain it exactly. They're real crunchy. Yeah. Uh, one of the jokes that we say, it's like uh, natural bacon bits. They're just oh, crunchy, yeah. you know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you know we'll put them on salad, mm. and so and it's actually oh, interesting. wonderful. I I love it like that. So, yeah, I was going to ask how you prepare it. What are your favorite ways to eat it? Yeah, so I mean, that was one that I kind of learned later on in life. I lived in Angoon for a couple of years, and I was on the ferry with a bunch of friends. They're like, "Hey Nathan, want some herring eggs?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And I come over, and they're like, "Here you go," and they give it to me on a salad. I'm like, "What is this?" <laughs> they're like, "Oh, you've never had it on a salad?" I'm like, "No." And I eat it, and I was, like, freaking out on the fair. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever eaten. And I was like, this is like natural bacon bits. That's where I, you know, kind of grabbed that. And everybody yeah. else, we laughed. And Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one way. But the way growing up is you'd just get the herring eggs um, when they're fresh. And then you'd have some hot boiling water. And then you'd let it simmer. And just... It's still super hot. Then you just basically kind of just dip it in there. There's a lot of different ways that people do it. Is it still on the hemlock branch when you? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you can do that. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, But yeah, you can just dip it in there. So sometimes they'll just almost dip out. Some will leave it a little bit longer. But the longer you leave it in, the harder they get. Mm. If you leave them too long, they get all rubbery. So it's just like boing boing, you know. So probably not as not not as palatable. And so we always tend to, I mean, growing up, we always had soy sauce was kind of the go-to. Mm. But soy sauce or a seal oil would okay. be kind of the way that we would eat them. And in my head, it was always, for some reason, my dad pulled them out at night. So that's huh. when we ate them. Yeah. So. That makes me think of ice cream, right? Like yeah. you, you save the treat for the evening. Yeah. yeah. It's a special treat. Yeah. I mean, it's really amazing uh, seeing even people today posting on social media just going, oh, I'm craving, I'm craving hair and eggs so bad. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's it's one of those things you don't get all the time and mm-hmm. makes it more special. all those connections to it that are yeah. really special. Yeah. Um, so we touched a little bit on the signif- cultural significance of herring eggs. Um, is there anything that you want to add to that? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess for me, it's there's so many memories that are attached to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's something for us as, especially my generation and younger. Um, can you can you tell us what generation that is? Um, well, I'm four in my forties. <laughs> Let people guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, those that are even a little bit older, but almost around my age and younger, we we didn't get a lot of the same opportunities as some of those um, in the older generations. There was also a time gap, and there was a, a break for some of those that were even older than us just because of some things that were happening in the culture mm. and um, things that were um, being pushed through boarding schools and things that had, had caused a separation of our culture. Mm-hmm. And so um, for us that maybe didn't grow up around as, as much of stuff like my friends and others in Angoon, I mean, in Angoon, I, when I lived there, I went to a family member's house and they're like, hey, Nathan, here, have some of this, you know, native cheese. And I'm like, oh, what is this? You know, something I never grew up on. What is native cheese? It's stink eggs um, that are smoked and aged. What What are stink eggs? So they're salmon eggs that are basically fermented. Okay. And it's something that are that's eaten often mm-hmm. amongst our native people. But so the native cheese is like a whole nother level. So I'm sorry. So it's salmon eggs that are fermented once and that becomes stink eggs. And then the stink eggs are fermented again and that became becomes native cheese. Well, they're smoked. Smoked. So they're Forgot smoked part. and aged. And then they get broke down into like almost like a, a spread. And ah. so they said, here, come try this. You know, and it was like, here's a potato wedge. Dip it in there. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'd never even heard of it. You know, we didn't have it here, any of the functions I'd ever been at. Hmm. And so let's just say I didn't have an acquired taste for it. <laughs> you know, so it's like for me, what I did have an acquired taste for was herring eggs because mm-hmm. that's something that we got. It was it was brought in. I have the memories of uh, Leonard Skeek and him bringing in through his fishing boat and bringing in all kinds of herring eggs. And you imagine just a boat deck full of herring eggs and that that being handed out. Mm. And so he would go out and get them in his boat. Where would he be getting them from? Uh, Typically in Sitka. Mm, Okay. So when you were growing up, folks were, were going up to Sitka. Yeah, people were. Now my memories aren't as, as, um, close where I can attach to exactly mm. how that happened. I don't remember how many people did. Yeah. Um, I know my dad, you know, he got them from probably him and him and him and whoever, you know, and people would just be gathering them in. I, I do know that it was very important for Leonard Skeek to make sure that he got some herring eggs mm-hmm. and then he distributed them to people that wanted them. Yeah. And there was others, but I'm not sure all those people that were part of that. Yeah. Did you ever go out and get them? I never did. Mm-hmm. I, you know, with it being, you know, it's Pretty much, you know, either as far as I know, is it Craig or um, in Sitka area. I know there's other pockets, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, growing up didn't have the chance to be able to do that. So it was always, you know, it was something that um, family members from Cake, you know, would make their way up. And they, mm-hmm. they still do, and they're getting mm-hmm. ready to go again. And, um, you know, in Cake, they'll go up there and load that bolt full and bring it over. And, and so... Um, yeah, it's it's 
an exciting time. It's, it, but it is not something I was ever able to mm-hmm. do myself. And you know, we haven't talked about how it's actually done. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about the process of of how that fishing happens? Yeah, I mean, not being a part of it personally, but you know, hearing about it and seeing things with it and talking with others about it. I mean, there's multiple ways of being able to do it as far as you know, if on your kelp or seaweed, you know, being able to put it in the water when the herring are spawning or mm-hmm. your hemlock branches, you'd be basically cutting off like a, a whole hemlock tree and you stick it down there. Mm. And so as they're spawning, they're just, they're clinging to every surface that's there, basically. Because the herring eggs are sticky and they like mm-hmm. to cling to things. Yep. And they're just kind of, <clears throat> they're finding their home mm. and they're just loading on these branches. And depending how thick you're in them is how thick they'll be on the branch or on your kelp. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at different times on your seaweed or whatever, whatever you have in there, um, you've probably had it yourself, Avery, is that sometimes it's thin, sometimes it's really thick. Mm. I mean, there's times where, you know, you look at that hemlock branch and it's like, it is hanging. It's about to break. It's so full of herring <laughs> eggs. And there's other times it's just kind of lightly gentle on there and you're picking it off. Mm-hmm. But it's those branches that are about to break that your eyes, oh, all right. <laughs> it's like Christmas. You know, it's like it's really it's just loaded full of those amazing herring eggs. Mm-hmm. And so as you dip that in the water and you're eating, you're not picking all this hemlock out yeah. as much. I mean, you're just pulling off these gigantic pieces of herring eggs. So depending on that spawn and how thick it is in that area is how thick it's going to be. Gotcha. And do people eat it straight off the branch out of the water or straight off the kelp out of the water, or is it always cooked? I know some people do, but I I haven't done much of Mm, that. Okay. And and then, sorry, I'm getting stuck in the logistics, but um, just to really paint a picture, the hemlock branches get put in the water and then are they like attached to an anchor and a float um, and left out there for a period of time? You know, it really depends like what you have available. Let's say you're just a skiff out there and you found the area where, you know, the herring, you know, are spawning and you're just a hemlock tree over the side. But you're literally just holding a <laughs> you hemlock know, tree. You know, on a rope <laughs> and you're just putting it down there and letting it hang. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm you going to take advantage and do whatever yeah. needs to be done right now. And, and let's say you're on a fishing boat and you got a block or a way to be able to pull it in or a hoist or whatever, uh-huh. you know, depending what you have available to you, a lot, a lot of the larger seining boats, they're going to utilize, you know, their equipment to be able to do mm-hmm. that and, or the small little skiff. They're going to manhandle that thing yeah. board and yeah. be loaded full of all their herring eggs. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but the big one is, you know, get into that area where they're, Mm-hmm. spawning and then you put you know whatever you're collecting to get those eggs on you know in there at that time yeah you know in the season of it you know it really depends i mean last year i was hearing all the way all all, all the way up into summer mm. is when you're wow. hearing, i was like whoa wow and someone said hey they're still getting herring eggs out here yeah it's like wow huh. so yeah it's just but you know typically you're really starting to hear about them just right coming in to right about now yeah um for the next month you're going to hear okay. a lot. Yeah. So then we were talking about how you got eggs from family members. Um, those are family members who had gone up to Sitka. Yeah. And then they asked if you wanted some. Yeah. And they had it flown in in three 50-pound boxes, you yeah. said? Okay. Very expensive, but worth it. <laughs> <laughs> when they asked me, I was like, in my head, I'm going, this will be a lot of money, but it's worth it. Why is it worth it? They taste good. Um, (laughs) 
That would be one of them. Uh, you know, they taste good. <laughs> they, they're connected to, it's something our people are connected to. It's something I think in the middle of even dark times like everybody's been through where it's been very difficult, it reminds you of who you are. You know, it's not just, uh, it's not just uh, food. Ah, it's, you know, getting emotional about this because it, it ties to so much of my childhood. You know, my cousin asking me for if I want herring eggs is, you know, not me just getting, you know, these herring eggs on a branch. It's so much more than that. It's attached to so many other things. And then looking at people's eyes when you're, you know, filling a bag full out of your trunk of your car and you're feeling like a dealer or something, you know, <laughs> but they're looking at you smiling. Thank you. You know, it's like it's worth it because it's those same memories that they're getting as they then take that bag and take it home. And then they cook it the way that they remember. And then they get their kids, you know, looking at it going, what's that? You know, <laughs> you know and get an opportunity to pass this down, you know, and realizing that by taking in that shipment, you know, for my cousin, it's then creating stories and memories for their families, for their kids. Yeah. Is distributing herring eggs in the community something that you're planning on doing regularly? Yeah. If the time is right where I'm in town during those times, uh, definitely. It's yeah. something that is really important for our people. It's hoping everything works out perfectly to be able to get them here. And, you know, in the future, I've been talking to others saying we'd love to be able to to get a boat, to be able to go there from Petersburg, mm -hmm. to be able to, for us to collect them ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think activities like that would be um, pretty special, healing, mm -hmm. creating new memories for ourselves, starting new traditions. Those are things that um, I really would like to see happen here. Yeah. And I believe we will be able to. Is it a matter of logistics or are there other complicating factors? More logistics. Mm -hmm. If we had the right resources, the right a person that would be willing to um, have a boat that would take us at the right times and have the people to be able to go up there, mm -hmm. we could do it. So it seems like herring eggs are eaten all over Southeast um, traditionally, um, but mostly just fished in Sitka and you said Craig as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I've heard that in the past, they were in other areas as well. Yeah. Okay. As a, as a kid and even growing up, I've heard stories of heron eggs being able to be, you know, collected right here in our back door. And But that's not something that we are able to do anymore. Yeah. Do you know why that is? Um, I'm not exactly sure, but things I've heard is that they were fish pretty heavily in that area, which then um, there was no longer a spawn. Mm. And so now Sitka is, is kind of the remaining the remaining area that still has a herring run. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's where... That's where you got to go. Everybody just rip roars and rockets and screaming and shouting going there and trying to find a way and mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to 
get them shipped and you just see it everywhere. You hear it everywhere. You see yeah. it all over social media and people asking, you know, how can I get them? It's, yeah. You know, that's that's where everybody goes to. Yeah. Around our area. So um, we're talking about subsistence harvesting of herring eggs right now. There's also yeah. commercial harvesting that happens with um, the same the same fleet up in Sitka. Yeah. Um, but is there anything that you want to say in particular about subsistence harvesting? Yeah. I think for me, it's very important that this is kept alive for us. It's important. Um for us to have the opportunity to continue to gather heron eggs, to be able to distribute heron eggs, to be able to eat heron eggs, to be able to gather around heron eggs is very important. And I think um, we as Native people and others need to do what we can mm -hmm. because there really isn't a lot that is really, you know, gathered, you know, between all the Natives. It's just it's something we have to make sure that is uh, kept as a resource for us mm -hmm. to be able to continue to have those memories with our families, to be able to continue to taste something we grew up on. Mm -hmm. It's very important. And I, I know many people agree with that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming in. And um, I really hope that there are some herring eggs that come through Petersburg and that you get a chance to distribute them and uh, I'm going to follow up, and maybe we can tag along when that happens. Sounds good. Okay. Good sheesh. Good sheesh. And thanks so much to Nathan Lopez for coming in to talk with us. Um, if we get a chance to, we'll try to tag along with him as he delivers eggs to the community this year and hopefully have that in a future episode. Yeah, I really hope we can make that happen. Um, moving on to Elsewhere in Sikakwan. A segment where we in announce Indigenous-centered PSAs. And we have more PSAs about celebration. And a reminder that celebration is the festival of Klinket, Haida, and Simsian culture that takes place every other year in Juneau. This year it's going to be from June 8th to June 11th. And um, Avery, you've got, you've got some PSAs. Yeah, so the um, Sea Alaska Heritage Institute is accepting applications for its toddler regalia review for children ages two through five years old at the time of celebration, 2022. And uh, the application deadline is May 16th, 2022. All right, and we have a couple other registration deadlines. Registration for storytelling, Native Artist Market, and Native Food Contest is also May 16th. And you can apply for all of those at www.sealaskaheritage.org. Sea Alaska regrets to announce that they have canceled the fashion show, which is usually held during celebration. All right, that is it for celebration. There's a lot more information in general at www.sealaskaheritage.org. Thanks for joining me for Elsewhere in Sikakwan. Voices of Sikakwan is recorded and produced on Hlinket Ani, the historical homeland of the Hlinket people, but also the current homeland and the land that holds their future. Thank you for joining us for Voices of Sikakwan. 
This show is a collaboration between the Petersburg Indigenous Awareness Committee, KFSK Community Radio, and the Petersburg Public Library. It is made possible, in part, by a grant from the Institute of Museum and Library Services and the Alaska State Libraries, Archives, and Museums. It is also made possible by the generosity of our participants, including the volunteers on our content committee. We thank them for their enthusiasm and dedication. To participate in Voices of Sitkaquan, contact Kari Peterson at the Petersburg Public Library. Archives of past shows can also be found at sitkavoices.org. That's S-E-E-T-K-A voices.org, as well as on Spotify and Apple Media. Gunakchish. Hey, 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 hey. We are.